Hello and thank you for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries with me, Matt Wills and Rick Wharton. Say hello, Rick. Hello. Coming up on today's show, we are speaking about the King of Kong. But just before we get into that, at the end of today's show, we are going to give a scores on the doors of where we are with all our scores. I think this is episode 20, Rick. Yeah, we've, re- we've really kept up to date of the leaderboard yeah. <laughs> of discussion documentaries. That was meant to be our hook. What's the best? And it's just like, oh, you have to listen to 18 yeah. weeks before you... <laughs> Yeah, so at the end of this show, I'll give you an update on the scores and we'll also post out on our social media channels. We'll post all of that out as well. So let's get into The King of Kong. It was released in the year 2007. The provider was the YouTube. Thank you, Google. Uh, The director was Seth Gordon. And this documentary made 790 thousand one hundred and twenty eight dollars which is phenomenal and i mean phenomenal for a documentary of this ilk to make that sort of money given how much that cost to make that is pretty impressive that's a great yeah it probably cost 128 dollars at the end so they've got seven hundred and ninety thousand dollars uh pure profit um the accolades uh, 10 nominations and nine wins. That's, again, that's superb. And when you watch it, so I looked at the accolades and stuff afterwards. Did you see them get the award or did they send a tape in? <laughs> they sent in a tape, a fuzzy tape. Now, here's the blurb. Diehard gamers compete to break world records on classic arcade games. Rick, this was your choice because I, I would put video games up there with sports. So this has kind of got me choosing this one written all over it. And probably at some point down the line, I probably would have chosen this just because it's a great documentary. But this was chosen by you. Why would you choose it? When did you watch it first? Give us the details. I first, this is the weirdest one I've got for a story of why I first caught it. So back when when you first start comedy, you're able to enter all the new act competitions and things like that. And I got lucky and uh, I managed to nab a win in one of them. And one of the prizes was to do gigs for Off The Curb um, Agency, wow. which they like repped Jack D, Kevin Bridges, a few of us back in the day. So that was a huge, huge thing gotcha. uh, for me at the time. I was not ready. <laughs> I fucking stuck the place out. <laughs> Um, so I had to go over to the Isle of Wight. I was living in Southampton at the time. Went to the Isle of Wight and I travelled over with Sarah Milligan, uh, Will Hodgson and a compere called Pat. I can't for the life of me remember his name, but he was also, again, it's kind of like playing sport with kids and then adults. Do you know what I mean? I was definitely out of my depth performance-wise, but they're all lovely. And uh, so, it's- so you you basically you've been you've been put in with the premiership of comedians here. Even then, right? Sarah Milligan was great. Sarah, Sarah Milligan had just won Best Newcomer that year, and Trajectory was. Right. But I, she smashed a room as well as I've ever seen it be. Like she's she's yeah. phenomenal, absolutely amazing, and complete oh, phenomenal genius yeah, of comedy and work ethic and just advice was. Mm. But yeah. um, I died on my fucking hall. <laughs> 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 
It's funny, isn't it? A comic, that's all a comic wants to hear about from another comic. I had a great yeah. gig last night. I am not interested. Oh, really? I died on me arse the other day. Tell me more. Oh, well, well, I, I was just doing student gigs, so my 10 minutes on Grand Theft Auto and, you know, nightclubs and stuff like that uh, went out and I walked out the curtain and it was like 90% middle-aged female women. Like a good, it was the first like non-mixed gender audience I ever played to. It was all women on work dues. Wow, okay. And me doing very specific material about Grand Theft Auto, ironically computer games, uh, it just... Okay, well, maybe we can get a slice so, of that later since we're talking so about a video game Will, documentary. Will Hodgson um, opened up. Uh, great act, but uh, what amazed me. So we're behind this curtain, and then there's like the green room, and you just walk straight out onto like right. a, it wasn't a stage, just a level performance area. And he's watching, he had like a mini DVD player, and he was watching King of Kong. Oh, okay. He explained to me oh, what right. it was. He then pressed pause when his name was called, went out, did his set, came back, and then just unpaused it and continued watching his show. And for some reason, I thought that was the coolest thing ever to give, like, <laughs> to be that chilled out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Yeah. So what, you watched it over his shoulder? I caught a bit of it, and then I went and looked at it later. So what did you do, buy the DVD or rent the DVD? Oh, I downloaded it off would have been LimeWire or Morpheus or whatever it would have been. Right, wow, okay, bloody hell. Oh, if you're in Student Halls of Residence, DC++, that was incredible. I didn't go to university, so I've I've no idea what you're talking about. Oh, so basically in the Halls of Residence, what you'd do is, if you were able to put a gigabyte worth of TV and shows on, you could join this thing called DC++, and it was mega fast because there's everyone sharing their stuff within the local area. Oh, wow. So So all thieves together. That was like the Moss Eisley of the internet. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. And I I then checked it out straight after that. Okay. All right. And um, what did you think of it this time then? So you've gone for a second watch. What's that, 12 years later? Yeah, I enjoy it. I I enjoy it. I think I've seen it in between showing someone someone else or recommending it. But... um... I, I, I love seeing crackpots take stuff too seriously. I, I really oh, enjoy God. that. This is all uh, crackpots taking stuff too seriously. Oh, yeah. So the first guy we meet is uh, Billy Mitchell, the world record holder. You know, Billy Mitchell is a character from EastEnders. In EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's all I kept thinking of when I heard about the documentary. And then Billy Mitchell comes onto the screen. Now, you know who Billy Mitchell reminded me of? Who's that? You. Rick. Me? Yeah. If oh, you had oh. hair, you could be a Billy Mitchell lookalike. Honest, the geezer. <laughs> if the geezer was kind of, if I liked him and warmed to him, I would have been like, ah, oh, he seems all right. Sadly, he's the, the douche version of you. That's exactly what Billy Mitchell is. Can you not see the resemblance? Do you know what I had written down as a Billy Mitchell? I, I put as a low-budget Satan. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> If, if you were to remake The Devil's Advocate <laughs> and you couldn't get Pacino, you, that look is... Do, do you know exactly what I mean? Well, I do. Well, if you were going to do the British budget version of that, they could get Rick Wharton to do it. Because, <laughs> mate, honest, he was you. If you're stuck ever and comedy's not working out, you could go and be a, a body double, I think, for uh, for Billy I don't Mitchell. Think there's, I don't think there's a lot of calls for body doubles for Billy Mitchell. No, I don't think there is. But if anything changes, 
But he was such a douche. Every time he came on, I was like, oh, it's Rick. And then he started talking and I went, that's definitely not Rick. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's such a douche. And he's he's made as the villain of the piece. And it, it's not really. It was all a bit screwed up, I thought, the whole documentary. Because again, I, how many times have I said this? I'm watching it going, is this real? Are people <laughs> really like this? But yeah, because they're nut jobs, right? That what well, they're yeah. not nut jobs. They're they're chicken people. That's what they which, are. And it's again, just about video let's games. Let's put those in the category they deserve to be in of nut jobs. Yeah, maybe it's just it's a weird subculture, and they take it way too seriously. Steve Weeb gave me a feeling. No, no, I don't know if it was Steve Weeb actually, but there's a couple of them could have been Hatchaholics if you go back to the chicken. Oh people. God, yeah, yeah, easy, yeah, yeah. So Billy uh, Mitchell, just so you know who Billy Mitchell is, he is... Oh, that's who he is. All right, so check it out. So I had um, low-budget Satan, but you ever seen <laughs> But you ever seen Carlitos Way, Laleen, who goes on to Lord of the Rings? Because, hey, Laleen, you ever ask me how he's doing? He's a real good-looking son of a bitch. And then he comes, he's wearing the wire, and he's in the wheelchair. Yes, yeah. Hey, I've got to piss into a bag. Yeah. I can't hop. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, you remind me of uh, Laline from Kalito's Way. I, I couldn't get away from the fact that he looked like you. That was really bugging <laughs> me. It was really... Have, right, have another watch. When we finish recording, have another watch. And ask ask your missus and go, hey, our lass, does this look like me? So to set out who Billy Mitchell is, so the, the story kind of revolves around him and another guy called Steve Weeb. Now, Billy Mitchell is... Oh, it's Weeby. Weeby, that's a, a big key points that out actually, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Steve, if you're listening. Um, Billy Mitchell is the gamer of the century, and his game is Donkey Kong. Basically, he submits a score to a ref back in the '80s, a guy who sets himself up as the self-proclaimed referee of video games, who gets everyone together, and basically they just do a photo shoot for a for a puff piece in a magazine, right? And yeah, from that spawns this entire world of competitive video games. Oh, and the first time you meet the ref, the ref's called Walter Deer, and he's there, and he's literally wearing the wrestling referee long sleeve, black and white striped. Yeah, and he says, "I wanted to be the champion. I wanted the pretty girls to notice me and be like, <laughs> you're really good at centipede." <laughs> <laughs> But he's such a nice guy, right? He is such a nice guy. And again, everyone everyone in this, like chicken people, you, you can't fault them for their loveliness. They're, they're nice people, but they are obsessed with the weird thing that they're doing. And very quickly, the things Billy Mitchell says is a couple of quotes throughout, just when he's spitballing himself, is fucking ridiculous. Because like, this is the first thing he says, right? Check this out. Because you talk about being the best. Man, you never write down quotes. What's going on? I, I went back and I underlined it because I want you to see it. Goes. I had someone draw an analogy for me and he starts talking about who the greatest pilot was in... World War One. Yeah, and he yeah, says, yeah. the French guy this, and he goes, the Red Baron. And then I went, did he just say he had someone draw an analogy for him? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We've got your mate who does the maths for the daft shit that when, <laughs> when we get a statistic. But who has people coming up with analogies for them? 
I've done some cartoons just so you can understand it in Listen, a way. That's a job I want. I want to be Billy Mitchell's analogy writer because the shit he comes out with throughout this is ridiculous. He's like, um, you know, Tony Robbins, the self-help guru. Yes. Billy Mitchell is like a version of that because he spouts this this motivational stuff, how great and how hard it is to be a winner. You know what he's like? He is like, we're not going to spend the whole documentary trashing Billy Mitchell because he, he's, you know, he's got his stresses. He, he's, he's like the video game version of an egotistical Michael Jordan from the Chicago Bulls. Because he's, he, just the stuff he's saying, you're like, no, okay. Billy, uh, turn, I'll, turn I'll it down, tell you mate. You just down. not watch enough documentaries to make references. If you ever say that this scrawny fucking Satan lookalike, this Satan Rick Wharton lookalike is like Michael Jordan, <laughs> we're going to have to revoke your card as an observational <laughs> comedian, Matt. We're just going to have to reapply, reject the, it, and owners and directors test. But just the guru stuff he was coming out with. And it, he played Look the camera where he very well. Okay. Yeah. Look where he is, okay. right? He is the king of the virgins, right? These are yeah. the smallest pond, and he's the guy who's actually been successful because he's got a successful restaurant or something as well, and he sells sauce. So he's actually got money. He's got a wife. Whoa, and he f- whoa, whoa, whoa. Just sky pause yourself there, Rick. He does have a successful chicken restaurant, and he does have his own homemade sauce. Now, here's the weird link. What's the sauce called, Rick? Oh, it's called like Rick Sauce or something, isn't it? It's called Rick Sauce. (laughs) He's named a sauce after his (laughs) lookalike. I, I go if I if I if I give our last something and said that's Rick sauce, she's not eating that. <laughs> if it turns out it's just salad cream with a different sticker on the bottle, then <laughs> well, that's all it is by the looks of it. Mary Rose sauce with a bit of yeah, a bit of chili chucked in it. Sorry, I stopped you talking there because I I wanted to make sure you understood the sauce reference. I've yeah, never yeah, seen the... you with this many notes before in a documentary. <laughs> I because you got to keep up with it because there's not a lot you see, but it's the stuff they say and you kind of got to absorb. Do you know what I mean? So like him saying he's drawn an analogy was hilarious to me. You can't just throw it. I like the way I was raised, right? Even between like friendship groups or at home, you get you better talk authentically or you get picked apart. Do you know what I mean? If I yeah, went, yeah. oh, you know, I just had someone drop an analogy for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who, who, who drew that? Who, who came up with this analogy for you? Did you come up with something and then want it to seem more poignant? A famous philosopher once once told me that. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, shut up! He didn't. He didn't. But it's it's little things like that just ebbed away. One of the one of the guys says, "Look, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I play video games." which I think is a superior addiction to any of those. Mate, listen, you've got to try morphine and beer. Nothing beats morphine and beer. And I'm a, and I'm a video, well, I'm an ex-video gamer. So, uh, Which were your yeah. games of choice by... Uh... Well, initially, well, recently, if we... I saw someone playing about 14 years ago, maybe maybe more actually, no, actually longer than that, Gears of War. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's how much I got into Gears of War, right? I, that's the only game I bought for the Xbox. I got into it so much 
by the time they released Gears of War 3, I bought it on the day it came out. I think I took a week off work to play it. And one of the one of the characters in it dies. Right. I, I cried. <laughs> cried at Gears of War. I, I cried because they killed off this character. And I, I think I pe- I think I wrote an email to whoever the, the game people because I was like, you can't kill this guy. He's integral to how dare you? I was more upset when he died than when my mum died. Wow. Well, I'd spent more time with that video character than I had with my mum over the, those ten years. So it was just Yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. So yeah, Gears of War for me all of the way. Uh, just just that Marcus Phoenix. He's cool, man. You're not a Gears of War fan, clearly. The first shooter I've started playing, so I went to my mate's memorial um, a year since his passing. We all went to his garden party last two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. Now, and a good mate of his, and we've got on since, uh, Lady Called the Calls is absolutely hilarious, but she says she's really got into playing Fortnite. Yeah. And said it's free said it's free to download if I want to play so I've started playing that but since it's two player I don't get to play many two players with an actual human being I know um I've done all kinds of rabbit holes like I did when we first met on our first gig was when I was in my FIFA ultimate team yes rabbit yeah hole. yeah and, and I was going I was going insane to try and beat more than 20 wins on weekend league and like oh like I can't I can't buy FIFA now because I know what will happen because like, we'll I, lose you, basically. Oh, and the, the amount of money I spent on it as well. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm tired of Mike Ashley not spending money on Transfer Kitty. So I was like, <laughs> whapping down coins. And you get, like, random packs of players, like a sticker pack. And I'm like, then you sell them off. And I've, like, worked out scientifically who could fit in the team for team chemistry. And they were a team of gods. <laughs> when, when I got Alan Shearer, which was my initial goal, I thought, as long as I get Shearer, I don't care who I've got. Because you got a legend card for Shearer. When I got Shearer, it was three in the morning. <laughs> and I went upstairs and I literally cupped my hands around our lass's face at three in the morning <laughs> the next day and went, we've got him. We've got him. And then proceeded. I've still got his first goal. I've got his goals on my phone. I've recorded them. Whenever Shearer scored a Shearer goal, I've got them recorded. I've never seen you so passionate. Oh, and here's the thing. I got so competitive and I built up this team of gods. And I, I, you do challenges. So you buy players, you stick them in, and you got to do certain criteria and they'll give you a special player. And I was trying to get, you know, the original Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo. Now, is he is he worth worthy of waking up your lass if you got him? Or was it just for Shearer? Was that- no, because I, I'd worked out how much it would have cost or how many weeks it would have taken of playing. And it would have took nine more weeks of playing. Or all of a sudden, I got paid for a gig or a writing job and bang. Rick. But the last thing you had to do is you had to put an icon player <laughs> into this team. And then that was the last thing I had team I had to build. It's called the Team Building Challenger. So you had to build 15 teams or just players you bought to put into this challenge. And then eventually, once you've done all 15, you will get the player that's the reward, which in this case was the most expensive one, Ronaldo. But you needed an icon player to put in, so I had to put in... Have you ever seen um, Infinity Wars or the Avengers movies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I had to put in Shearer to get Ronaldo to get a better team. And that was like the soul stone of having to create a great sacrifice. And did you? Did did you kill? I, I did. I did. You did, and did you end up getting Ronaldo? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely got him. It was the last thing I had to click, but I got rid of Shearer to get him, and that was sad. I, I swear, on my phone, if I had a look at it, I could tell you what Shearer's goals to game ratio is and all sorts. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. I could just imagine Alan Shearer listening to this episode right now, sitting at home with a <laughs> cup of tea, oh, going, oh, thanks, Rick. That's very nice of you to say, son. That's... I, I'll tell you what, if Alan, if you're listening, if you don't like it, we'll stop immediately, right? We will <laughs> cease production. Uh, and you know the Northeast rules. Anytime you want, you call the bag the missus. That's, that's just a <laughs> we said that about Zabaleta. If Zabaleta, oh, Jesus, was, to, pathetic. If Zabaleta was to come around and said, uh, may I take your... If he did the uh, indecent proposal thing, I'll keep your money, Pablo. <laughs> you your can do what you no like with it, but can we have a quick chat about your goal against Everton? <laughs> I just love that. Well, Alan Shearer, British transfer record, England captain, highest ever goal scorer in Premier League history, and your cut-off point is... A half decent ride back at the tail end of his career for West Ham. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Come on, Pablo Zabaleta. Come on, I don't know much about football. Right. So to be back, honest, back if, to if the... it was an athlete of that level, I would I would feel like a dick to stand in our lasses way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it would seem unfair, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. So the documentary. Uh, what are we doing? Right, King of Kong. That was it. So oh, here's here's the final question I wanted to ask you about the lookalike. Are you or have you ever been? Billy Mitchell. Are you Billy Mitchell in Witness Protection Program or are you a genuine Rick? Are you real is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> even I'm looking at you now going, fuck me, that looks like Billy Mitchell. It's the See, eyes. If you snake up your eyes a little bit, because he's got snake eyes. Mm. So they're quite closed. and Sitting eyes, yeah. 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 So if you do that with your eyes, fucking hell, it's Billy Mitchell. Seriously, speak to your lads after this, and uh, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask. It's going to be weird when I show someone with like long flowing hair, like Aragon from Lord of the Rings, and a Carlitos wear a beard. Go, yeah, this looks like me. I look like a fucking egg. You know how stupid that is. This is just how long we FaceTimed with each other. Where you're like, no, look at the eyes. <laughs> I, I, listen on my notes. I did write this down. Billy Mitchell is the Michael Jordan of this piece, but just a lot more douchey. Here's the thing, right? He is the Michael Jordan of the gaming world of that time. But the reason why he's the Michael Jordan is he's the only one that doesn't have dandruff. Yeah. Because the rest of the people you meet are Napoleon Dynamite in different T-shirts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he calls out, doesn't he? So when he gets them all together in... So Walter Day creates the video games contest in 1982. And it's for the official world record of video games. Steve Saunders, who's the who's an author who wrote a book about Donkey Kong and those those games, he submitted a score which he later admitted was false because Billy Mitchell called him on him being a liar, and he went, "Yeah, I'm a liar," um, and they become great friends. And what did they say about Billy Mitchell? When Billy he Mitchell could end up, he could end up on the Wheaties <laughs> box is the one that got me. <laughs> I, I like this one because they hero worship Billy Mitchell, right? When Billy Mitchell walks into an arcade, everybody stops. Do they? So the the plot of the whole documentary is basically the King of Kong is Billy Mitchell and a guy called Steve Weeby comes along and says he gets made redundant, doesn't he, from Boeing which destroys oh, him. There's a whole bunch of Steve Weeby. At first, you get a little bit of um, Scott Curran from Dungeons & Dragons feel about the missus, but 
This misses is so much more supportive and into what he's doing because he's actually oh God, yeah. Yeah. participating. Because he's um, not father of the year here, is he? He he puts everything he puts everything aside to learn to play Donkey Kong. Because I last hated him for for what he does coming up, uh, and he does no coming back from it for her. Well, what so, did he but, do? Uh, I'll tell you. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it twice. I watched it twice in the past week. It's, it's... All right. So first off, I'll describe Steve Weeby. So he bought the arcade machine uh, for the garage. Uh, he was an ex in an ex grunge band in Seattle, Washington. Go Mavericks! Go Mavericks! Rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, Nirvana yep. would be the grunge band thing there. And um, he got to the state final of uh, baseball, and he couldn't. He was the pitcher, but he hurt his hand, so he couldn't pitch. So yeah. he, uh, all his opportunities went. He got laid off from Boeing after his dad worked there for thirty years. He worked at Boeing. He got laid off the day they signed the papers on buying their house. Mm. so that is a lot to throw at someone then they go into Donkey Kong and what the game actually is and they cover how obsessive he is he's he's just obsessive by nature and just so you can understand the personality of the man he's a drummer so you know the drummers of the band they're like the goalkeepers of the of the team Mm. they're a little bit nuts yeah he's a drummer so he's so he's so obsessive, and to be fair to him, he's a pretty good drummer. In fact, you can't not like Steve Weeby. He's a nice guy, really nice you know, guy, nice guy. Little bit of a hatchaholic, but he's a fucking yeah. nice guy. And did and you see he put the the glass screen? He puts over the Donkey Kong game, so you can draw the patterns. So he can draw the pattern, and he's clearly he's got a photographic memory, right? Because he's remembering. He's remembering all of that stuff. All repetitive because yeah, it's only 24 boards. So there's 24 levels and then the game crashes, which was an interesting thing. Yeah. And Donkey Kong, a regular game lasts a minute. It's that hard. It's one of the toughest of games. It's, yeah, it's a tough old game. I, what was your first video game then? When you Did you play on a video game like that or are you too young? Um, there would have been something like that. I remember we've got a Mega Drive Sonic the Hedgehog. I remember those... No, but actually in an arcade. Did you oh, have... in the arcades, yeah. Did you yeah, have one of those? That you'd... Right, okay. I used to love the Simpsons one. There was an X-Men one I loved, but they were slightly more evolved from the, the Donkey Kong ones that right, came okay. along. Because um, we had a, we had like a Street Fighter one. And yeah, we would, Street Fighter. We'd spend five hours in the video shop, which is where it was. And we'd My just brother sit there and play. It was awesome. Dominate on Street Fighter. And this is one of the things that I am the way I am with computer games. Because you play Winner Stays On, friends would come round. Right, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you play Street Fighter, that would be quite quick. Mortal Kombat was another one. And then the football games. The football games, like 15 minutes, you're waiting for five people to finish. So, like, you just, it, it got taken seriously because that was you having yes. to sit around doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the wrestling ones were the one I was the best at. Yeah. And then FIFA, I got pretty decent at. Pre-Evolution, I was formidable. Pre-Evolution okay, so soccer, that's never a football game. So you were, were you the Billy Mitchell of your group? Uh, I was definitely <laughs> the bad guy, yeah. Do you know what? That's. i got to send you a picture, actually. Oh, shit. With hair? I, yeah, i got long hair like Billy Mitchell and one of my pictures. Okay. I'll show you my passport photo. I, I just want this episode to be over so I can just hear what your lass has got to say. Um so the, the the basic premise of the whole documentary is Donkey Kong hero Billy Mitchell 
gets the highest score. Steve Weeb gets made redundant. And effectively, it's all about how Steve Weeb is trying to get the, the highest score on Donkey Kong. And they just build tension into the documentary. And it's cleverly done, really cleverly done. Because you're genuinely interested because you fall in love with Steve. And you see what's going on with what Billy's doing as well. So The mind games. He's, he's playing mind games. And one of the things I will compliment this documentary on, which I didn't think I have on any other, probably the best soundtrack for a documentary. They li- they licensed Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. three songs. And the first one you see is um, when he's going, because he submits his score and he's beat the score. Yep. But when he when he beats the score, his kid, because you have to videotape it, his child <laughs> is yelling that he needs his ass wiped. Yeah. And... It, Weeb refuses to get up because you can't pause the arcade. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I'm going for the high score, son. He's like, Daddy, wipe my butt. He's just like, you're fine. <laughs> and is that is that we so we we missed over the uh why your last doesn't didn't last. That's, that's, Weeb. It, that's was, exactly that why was she, the didn't, reason. she hated it was him for the that. reason. Yeah, yeah. And trust me, I've had some similar moments with me dog while playing me FIFA League. It's just like shut the fuck up, Ari. <laughs> But the weird thing is, what you have to do to submit a high score, you have to video you playing from the beginning, and then it gets sent off to Walter Day's organisation, Twin, Twin Galaxies. Galaxies yeah. yeah, so they're an organisation that basically they ratify all of the, uh, they ratify all the scores. Can you pronounce the name of the dude that does the these the staunch, like yes, by the he's, rules? Yeah, he's the head ref for Twin Galaxies. That's Robert McCurzek. McCurzek, that is yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> that is Napoleon Dynamite. Well, and his job is to watch through all the videotapes. Yeah. Does he? Does he really do that? So basically, while he's watching Steve Weeby's videotape of the the world record, you can hear Steve Weeby's kid go, "Daddy, Daddy!" And Steve's like, "Go away, kid. <laughs> do one, will you? Be I'm with going you in for a second, buddy. Record. Okay, yeah. bring some toilet paper with you. I'll do it here. Like I love that." If he did it one-handed, beating the world score while wiping your child's ass, I would say that's pretty baller right there. But yeah, the idea of le- the idea of leaving your kid while doing that did not sit well with our lass in the slightest. Well, was- quite right too. So the ref, well, the, he's the the world's ref basically, Robert McCurzik. He sits through hours of videotapes to verify scores. And he would defend that with his life. I'd, I'd quite like to see that, actually. If I'd, I'd like to see him have to fight to the death to defend his job. But does he really sit through all the hours of those videotapes? I'm telling you, he, he does. I see a look of a man who does I'm that the other shit. Way. Yeah. I, I, I think he, he watches 10 minutes because he's got hundreds, mm. hundreds of videotapes to go through. There's not enough time in the day. Yeah, yeah, I think it takes so a long just, time, so he spent three days on each. But the ones who submit scores, he'll probably only pick out the ones that have the highest score on them. Right, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, like, he might get 50 videos, but only one video will say he beat 800,700 on Donkey Kong. That's the one he would watch. In my opinion, that's what I what I imagine. I wonder what he had to do with all those videotapes as well. I don't think he does anything with them. I think they laid in his house... <laughs> I think he, I think he built a den with them in his in, house in lieu of kids or happiness. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what I liked about Billy, I, there was a, quite a few things I liked about Billy Mitchell, even though he's the villain of the piece. I don't know if you checked out his power stance when he was standing. He basically stands like the letter X to give yeah. him, you know, yeah, because he's the man. He's the Tony Robbins. That's exactly he's, what he is. It's, it's all smoke and mirrors of war, Billy. Because they said that um, he broke two of his records, apparently. Steve Wiebe. I think he broke two records of Phillies. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then it cuts to, to Billy Mitchell and he's showing his little flip phone and he goes, on my phone it says, no surrender. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the chat that time. It just... And it, there's loads of those. Yeah. Little... There's loads of those little moments where he's I... like, I'm a douche. I'm a douche. Yeah, and it's little things like that. It's like why I love The Office, you know? It's it's those scenes of those talking heads where people talk themselves up but don't realise how they're actually coming across. It's fucking hilarious. Well, and so after Steve submits his videotape... This is where the documentary takes a bit of a twist here, like, yeah. A massive twist, yeah, because a guy involved is a guy called Roy Schilt. Now, just to give you an idea of Roy Schilt, <laughs> so... He's not happy that he's not a celebrity. Wait, his brother's just got killed on the Foxcatcher Ranch. <laughs> and he's the he's the one left over. Couldn't wrestle, so he's played Missile Command. And he's been at war with Twin Galaxies over their scores for a yeah. long time. And he's very bitter about Billy Mitchell. But what we didn't know is... Very, very so, bitter. So just to say this first, Billy Mitchell sends other people to Steve Wiebe's house to demand yeah. to check his arcade machine. And the wife refuses them entry, but they break into his garage anyway no, and the take wife his was machine the, apart. That, that's not quite true because they didn't have the upper body strength to do that. You saw those guys. <laughs> All right. There is no chance they broke in. So what happened is um, she was leaving the kids with her mother and said, you're going to have to wait for Steve to come home, respect my wishes. And then they basically kind of just pestered the mother once she had left to let them in. Yeah, and they broke the in. And they took the, the they took the arcade game apart, and everything was fine with the circuit boards. There was no chewing gum that let them get like on a circuit board to get them get a high score. Ridiculous. I worked in stuff. IT. You, that chewing gum blue tack thing's bullshit. Oh god, yeah. yeah, of course it is. But what they did find is where he got the arcade machine from, and the box was still there of Roy Schultz, and he's the guy yeah, Roy who's desperate to prove Twin Galaxies wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well. Listen, Roy Schilt produces home video spoofs, right? And his, his the name for himself is Mr. Awesome. <laughs> and you, you get to see one of the videos, right? And it's the Mr. Awesome's Guide to Girls. And it yeah. says it's self-produced in 1989. So like a full no metal shit, jacket. No shit, really, Roy. Yeah. Full metal it's, jacket. It's self-produced. Yeah, because no one wants to touch that with a barge pole, mate. This is how you get tan. <laughs> Oh, Roy. But to, fair play to Roy, because Steve Wiebe's Donkey Kong machine fails. And that's what Roy did, is he gave Steve... He bought a new Donkey Kong board for Steve Wiebe. He met Steve Wiebe at a convention for extreme Donkey Kong players, which I can't even imagine <laughs> the, the type of people there. So you meet some there. That's where you could go. You could go and do that circuit as a Billy Mitchell look. I don't think I would. I think I'd come into problems because this is what Billy Mitchell does. So Billy Mitchell apparently threatened his own life 
like faked being having his life threatened so that he couldn't get a restraining order against Roy Schultz. And this yeah. is why Roy Schultz is like dead set, dead against uh, Billy Mitchell and them. So just having Schultz involved apparently nullifies Steve Wiebe's score and says he doesn't yes. have the world record. And that crushed Steve Wiebe, right? He was destroyed by that. Because uh, sorry, the way his wife told the story was effectively he'd failed at everything. Whereas he hadn't. He'd got children. He's got a lovely wife who's the most supportive woman that you... And I, I live with an incredibly supportive woman. Steve Wiebe's wife puts my missus to shame. My missus could learn a thing or two <laughs> from Steve Wiebe's wife. And that's saying something because my missus is ultra supportive. And she basically lays it out that he's been... Everything's been denied him. Well, he's got to a certain level at everything, which is what's difficult. He's a super good musician, didn't make it as a musician. He's super good. Yeah. This uh, he got Bowen. made off here. Yeah, yeah Boeing, yeah. the the baseball, the state finals is a, is a very high level to get Huge. to. And it pitches the pivotal. That's the only position yeah. anyone has the name of, as far as I know, other than you know the home run yeah, record yeah. grabbers. You feel for him, right? Because mm. all of these defeats have crushed him. And when he gets the world record, he's over the moon. And then they turn around and go, yeah, when we broke into your house, you had a box with this guy's name on it. Yeah, we're, we're not going to ratify that. Can we, you your, imagine? Your score is out. He thinks that he's just playing a game, sends a score off, and then that score stands. And then you get wept into this hall of lunatic losers. <laughs> this, <laughs> this web of people that just scurry around Billy Mitchell. Because, again, Billy Mitchell's yeah. behavior in between bits. Because just after the talk about the Ray Schultz... Um, death threats that he sent to Billy Mitchell and then how mm. Rachel says he never did, blah, blah, blah. But then Billy Mitchell, another Billy Mitchell quote of, hey, I'm like the abortion issue. If you're for it, <laughs> you're a son of a gun. If you're against it, you're a son of a gun. So I watch very carefully what I say publicly. And you're like, who, <laughs> who drew that analogy for you? Who drew that one up from? That's a great Billy Mitchell impression there, Rick. Me playing um, Donkey Kong is like the divide on the abortion issue in America. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it's like, Billy, with your fucking Rick sauce. Now, they have to go, and basically what they say to Steve Weeby is, listen, you did all of that at home. We don't trust your board. We don't trust you. If you really think you can do this, why don't you come to Fun Spot? And do it publicly. And Steve Weeby's like, oh, that's like 3,000 miles away. And they're like, wow, if, you, <laughs> if you're not serious about this, sir. So he travels there. Here's how serious Steve Weeby is, right? I think if I was Steve Weeby's lover, he's that dedicated. You just, he would ruin you for everyone else. Because no one's going to put that time and time and energy into whatever task he does. He'd be superb. I'm a big Steve Weeby fan. I'll, I I, did I, like I love Steve the obsessiveness Weeby. of it. But yeah, we yeah. missed out on because Steve Weeby was ready to give up. Then then they interviewed Roy Schultz and go, but they forgot one thing. And he starts pointing <laughs> at himself. <laughs> Mr. Says, awesome. We forgot one thing that I would get involved and tell him not to be a fucking loser. <laughs> now, actually, the, here's the words he used. Right, These words are awesome. He said, I told Steve that he shouldn't chumpazize himself. 
chumper's eyes. I guess sometimes that's the way the pickle squirts, right, in the video game world. And then uh, under the Rocky montage music, again, the soundtrack in this is superb. Um, We get to see the Fun Spot Arcade, and then we get to see people playing video games to the, you're the best around. Yeah, that's Karate Kid. Not not Rocky, that one. uh. Oh, it's the Karate Kid. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that is superb. But that's where we really get to know Brian Kerr. (laughs) He is. He's something else. Because here's the amazing thing about Brian Kerr. When he turned 30, he retired. You 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 got you got to leave at your peak, don't you? Yeah, he retired at thirty. But what did the also, guy do for a living? He also moved house to a trailer next to this specific arcade, <laughs> so he can go there yeah. every day. Every day, and the shot of Brian Kerr is the weirdest thing. You see him walking into a fast food joint, and he's going, "Yeah, here's what I'm going to order. I'm going to order bacon, eggs, and four pancakes, and then I'm going to go play Donkey Kong because I want to be like Billy Mitchell." Because he loves Billy Mitchell. Billy well, Mitchell's well, his idol. Him and another one are constantly like, so Steve Weeby goes into, what's this arcade called? Fun Spot. Goes into Fun Spot, sits down, just starts playing the game. There's no, and this is why you really like him. There's no arrogance or ego on Steve Weeby. He just really wants to beat the score. And yeah, then that's all he wants, right? You have Billy Mitchell at home with his feet up with two, a mobile phone and a house light of people that are watching Steve Weeby play. And yeah. they're like, he's on 700,000. He's not died once. And he's just like, mm. yeah. It, it now, bear in mind, Billy Mitchell only lives 12 miles away from Fun Spot. No, that was the second right. place they went to. Oh, was it? Yeah, right, okay. so he said it was too far from him to travel because... Uh, oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Mitchell, of course, lives in Hollywood, Florida. I might have been two fun spots then. I might have got fun spot wrong then. Not Hollywood, Florida. It's California for Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he lives Hollywood. Right, okay. So Steve <laughs> Weeby challenged him. Steve, we- turned, Steve Weeby phoned him up. Uh, he constantly got his voicemail. Effectively, Billy Mitchell was ghosting Steve Weeby. But the way they talked about Billy Mitchell was incredible. They loved Billy Mitchell because effectively he was the he was the poster boy. Right, they were like, "Oh, geeks can be," because he's got the trophy wife, he's got the restaurant, he's got Ricky Sauce, you know. Well, then Billy also has a weird relationship with an eighty-year-old lady named Doris Self, and she's a Q beat player, and she loves Billy Mitchell. Yeah, so he he gets her a Q. How weird was that? Well, he, I think he runs kind of like as part of his advertising. He goes around and does little things for arcade gaming. So they'll send right. Billy Mitchell out with a certificate if they do this, or or and then like he'll sponsor people to go to competitions. But this is the thing: he goes and he gives her an arcade game, but he gives her a video tip to go and yeah. hand to someone because it's all smoke and mirrors and he wants to be the guy to surprise everyone. Mm. So after they make Weeby go all the way down there, do it in person to beat the score. And they again, that uh, super bad Brian Kerr, <laughs> he like really, it's so off-putting what he's doing because he's going around going, there's about to be a kill screen on Donkey Kong in two minutes and he drags everyone around the over his yeah. shoulder while he's doing it. And then... Yeah. It's, and then the touching on him, stuff like that, and he just cracks on through it like a legend. He beats the score, but then Billy Mitchell on this tape that he sent in 
gets over a million. So yeah, Steve Weeby got nine hundred eighty-five thousand to an invite only to Brian Kerr's place. Yeah, they they sit they watch that, and Steve Weeby's not allowed to watch watch the tape yeah. of the high score. Oh, it's awful. They treat Steve Weeby terribly. Absolutely, it's disgraceful. And he's done nothing wrong. And his wife, now Steve Weeby doesn't complain. He doesn't do anything. So Steve Weeby's spokesperson is his wife. And she's his wife's like, what the actual fuck is going on here? Is this over? He got the score. Can we go back to yeah. our lives? Can I please have my husband back? Because when he makes love to me, you know you've been made love to. <laughs> That's what Steve Weeby's all about. Because he wouldn't do half an ass job. He would get it done, mate. I'm right, telling she you. He says in the, the beginning the that his, his special skill is with his hands. She did. <laughs> but this score, it, it's clearly a doctored tape as well. It's really funny because he's doing well at one point and then it just blurs over the score. He's like 120,000 yeah. points higher. It's dodgy. The weird thing is, because I watched this on the YouTube, every time I went back to the YouTube, I was given... Uh, it, it kind of that affected my feed, if that makes sense. So I was getting sent more videos about Donkey Kong and mm. video games because it just affected what I was I, being I, sent. I imagine ha- hair loss treatment and back knee creams <laughs> yes. are going to be in your feed for a good few weeks now. Well, the weird thing is the stuff I was sent that I then started down that rabbit hole of watching. This is a very ugly world, this video game <laughs> game in, in uh, retro look. These people, very, very ugly. these people have been told that their whole lives. All right, they don't need. To. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need. No, I mean, there's in. a lot of backstabbing here. Of course, you know, once they get through, the... it's pathetic, isn't it? Oh well, again, it's we're we're back to a subculture, aren't we? Billy Mitchell, it cuts to him, right, and he's there trying to look cool. In a minute, we're going to talk about Billy Mitchell's parents, but before we do, so he's there looking cool, and then he just looks into the camera and he says. Does this have my name on it or something? And he's looking at a, a thing from an American fortune cookie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the cameraman says, what, what, what does it say? And he says, you have a yearning for perfection. And here's You're a, th- a douche. And the thing is, You're a goddamn douche. You don't see him open the fortune cookie. He clearly had that in his pocket. <laughs> and yeah. he went, hey, what, what, I got a fortune cookie the other day. What's it say? <laughs> you know what he did? You know how the guy from uh, a grey state planned every meeting out that he was going to have with yeah. people? Billy Mitchell was one of those people. But but again, it's on a different level. Look who he's coercing. You got these little like these little guys run, scampering around with like autism. You could see from Jupiter running around this arcade, just reporting back to him. They're so excited to hear from him. He's like a celebrity to them. And then he turns around when he's got two. He's got his two phones on. He turns to the camera and says. Not even Helen of Troy got that kind of attention. <laughs> <laughs> and there must be at least 20 quotes like that peppered throughout the documentary. You can see why it made $790,000. Uh, $790, and then it cuts to a, they have a, another tournament and they move the tournament closer to Billy Mitchell's house because they want a head-to-head between Billy and... And Steve. Oh, you've missed it. That's li- all the Twin Galaxies want. A little bit out there. So so then it goes to Walter Day, the referee. What a nice guy. He's a nice guy, but very easily led. Um, 
because again, Billy Mitchell has told them, don't worry, no one else needs to see that tape. That's my score. And then he sat there going, yeah, Billy's like a Jedi, you know? He just, he goes, I want to see your papers. You go, you don't need to see my papers. You go, you're right, Billy. I don't need to see your papers. (laughs) It's very, it does look very corrupt. It was upheld by Robert. Was it Robert? It was upheld by the ref. Yeah, Robert McCurzek. Yeah. He said, yeah, look, it's okay. And then, um, so, but what brings it, so you see a little clip of Steve crying, which is a bit sad because he's he's really worked hard on this. And it's all for nothing. Then Guinness Book of Records gets in touch. This is why they go to the next location. So Guinness Book of Records says, we don't have time to go through all this shit. We trust Twin Galaxies. Which is like, yeah. you know, the original Ghostbusters office of <laughs> computer games. It's, just, <laughs> it's amazing. It's and Walter Day is doing backflips at this, right? Yeah. Uh, so they yeah, put it over the moon. Five minutes from. Because that, that, that gives him legitimacy. Yeah. And hopefully that's going to, as he wanted initially, that's going to attract the pretty girls to him, which is, this is the only reason he did it. He, he was, he's honest about that up front. I want the pretty girls to come to me because of this. This is, and then you see him doing his little song with the guitar. But the whole point of this is, right, they say, right, we're going to have the... He's a poet. I don't know why you think that's an acceptable reason to act like a bell. <laughs> he rhymes things sometimes, Rick. It's fine to be a dick. No, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, the Guinness Book Records come and they set a challenge of who can beat this score Steve Weeby's invited and have invited Billy Mitchell. Yep. So his eyes light up. Yep. Do you know, when his friends are sending him off and saying good luck and that, it's just, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not, he's not going to war. He's going to play Donkey Kong for three years. <laughs> <laughs> like, and bless him, he takes his wife and children. wife and kids come with him, yeah. Um, Although they're not, they're not in the picture for long because his wife's like, look, if we're going to go away for a while. <laughs> just when we come back, this has got to be over. And to be fair, she is a patient, supportive woman, but she's set down the law here. Look, I want this done. Quote of the documentary. So they're driving, I think, to the airport. Yep. To go to this one. He's talking to his kid, and the kid says, is asking what the Guinness Book of Records is and how she didn't know it was that important. And how old have you said the daughter is? What, six, seven maximum? Oh, let's say seven. Seven yeah. maximum. There's. <laughs> this kid looks at good. Clearly intelligent. And turns to her dad and says, some people ruin their lives trying to get in that book, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you can, you know later on she's talking to her little brother going, did you see how I zing her dad oh, earlier? Oh, right, yeah. I, just, I, I made him feel neglectful. As, yes, I as did. As just grabbing her by the dungarees going, do you think I need this? The pressure I want <laughs> Your dad's a fucking champion. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't ratified, Dad. That was <laughs> Twin Galaxies disproved that one. So they got Eye of the Tiger playing, which love that. What a great song choice for it. Superb. But then again, is Billy going to play? It's five minutes from his restaurant to get there, like 12 yeah. miles from his restaurant. Billy drops off the guy that he initially beat in the 60s or 70s or whatever yeah, to yeah. the thing, then goes. 82, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Saunders, yeah, yeah. But and the weird thing is when they they then start the music again they play is a everybody knows that the dice is loaded. I love that. That one. I literally just watched Justice League last night and they got a um 
like a different version of that Leonard Cohen song. It's amazing as the opening. God, I was trying to think who did it. Of course, it's Leonard Cohen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just to point out, he was a poet. Mm. Yeah, so some of them See, are cool. I don't consider poets cool, so I'd rather say he was a no, musician. No, me neither. I don't understand <laughs> it. Oh, no, he said, Leonard Cohen said initially he was, uh, yeah, he was a poet. Yeah, but he's probably on a lot of drugs when he said that. Um, <laughs> Natural Born Killers, Woody Harrelson. You ever seen that? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. all. That that basically is Leonard Cohen's movie. Baby, I've been waiting. <laughs> and, and I'll just go to black and white, the scorpions walking around in the <laughs> desert. You're like, what? They messed up that movie. I read the original screenplay by Tarantino's. Yeah, me too. It took me years to hunt that down. I found- and then they just released them and you could find them in HMV. Oh, did they? I, I just it was in a library in Newcastle College when I went there, and I was just leafed through it. But like, yeah, the the courtroom scene and the way he wanted to do the movie, and Tarantino wanted his name taken off it with what Oliver Stone did with it. I bought all four of those screenplays. Um, I thought it was he's a lovely writer, Tarantino. If he would have wrote this, Billy Mitchell would have come to a very mucky end. <laughs> Or it would have been an hour of watching him fuck his wife's feet. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go to, is it then? Is that when they go to Fun Spot then? No, and they no have the Fun final, Spot was the first so one. The... This is an arcade, which is right next to where Billy Mitchell works purposely. Right, so okay, he has to go, but he's not going. Right, okay. Um, he's not turning up. But here's the thing. So they all go for a meal in Billy Mitchell's restaurant and Steve Weeby goes down there with Steve Saunders. Yeah, he goes to the restaurant. Uh, no, with his mate. Yeah, yeah, looking for Billy. And he's like, oh, But they but... ring Billy. They're terrified of Billy. They're like, Billy, who has just yeah. walked, Steve Weeby has just walked in. He was not invited by us, okay? We did not. <laughs> so then they go at the back, and Steve Saunders is like, Billy Mitchell's always got a plan. And it just says, Billy Mitchell drives past. You see him driving away. Because yeah. <laughs> this other but guy about- who's got a Donkey Kong showed up to buy chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> Little things like these actions are fucking hilarious. Because it's all passive aggressiveness, it's right? Pathetic, to, yeah. to try and mind play. But and what about it keeps cutting to Billy Mitchell's parents and his dad is sitting so low down in the chair. <laughs> He's almost falling off yeah. of it. I'll tell you about my son. He's a winner. That's what he is. And I felt for, throughout the whole thing, I'm like, Billy Mitchell's a douche. He's a douche. He's a douche. But then you've got to think, look, he's he's managing a very successful restaurant. You know it's successful. Because <laughs> Billy told you so. Um, he's got his own brand of sauce, which for some reason, the documentary maker kept cutting to him always reorganizing the sauce on his shelf. How many times did they use that shot? You know, in a cartoon, when the cartoon characters are running like on Scooby-Doo yeah, like the and they it? pass the window the, and the clock like 12 times, they kept showing at least 12 times he's moving the same bottle of... Uh, that was like the filler of him moving this bottle around. But then... So you keep on seeing footage of Billy saying that you need to compete in person. That's when it counts, all right? You want to be a world yeah. champion, it counts then, da 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 yeah, yeah. And then it's him, and he shows up at the arcade with his wife, and Steve Weeby says hello. He ignores him. He turns to his wife and goes, yeah. of course, there's some people I don't want to be spending too much time with. He does a lap. He looks at him, and then he leaves. It is just the weirdest, passive-aggressive, yeah, pathetic thing you've ever seen. Fuck Billy Mitchell. And then Steve Weeby, once his wife and kid are out of the picture, he then goes on 
to beat his score. No. It's recognised. Not yet, he doesn't. Yeah. No, not there. So he yeah, doesn't he does. beat it there. He does not beat Billy Mitchell's score at that point. Well, not the taped score. Not the taped score. So... He must have done something because Walter Day was like, you're the man. No, Walter Day then asks him during the end of it to step up and says, listen, we've met you. We consider your character beyond reproach because they're starting to get annoyed of Billy Mitchell now not doing it. And he said, if you yeah. ever send us a that tape, was it. Yeah, we yeah. will. We know your ability. We think you can do it. We will take your tapes as valid. And that's when he beat the score. Walter said, you know, he's he's a great guy. Steve Saunders... He turned around and said he's a great that guy. And he's sitting Billy. next to Billy Mitchell. In, in that, so he, and you can say, Billy Mitchell is fuming. It's excellent. So he's going, do you know what? I've met Steve Wiebe. He's a good guy. He's an awesome player. I think his character is beyond reproach. And then he turned to Billy Mitchell and go, I don't know the guy. I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is, because um, obviously... I've been Googling this a little bit because I was fascinated by this subculture. Uh, in real life, because the documentary is not as real life as you'd like to think, uh, they're, they're quite close friends. <laughs> oh, Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe. And Steve Wiebe. Yeah, yeah. There's a genuine mutual respect there. Oh, really? Cause, listen, Billy Mitchell, as, as much as he comes across as a bit of a douche, he was the man. Mm. He made all of this stuff cool and... Places like Fun Spot and other arcades, oh, been, he'd go and do guest appearances, as you just said. Just feel like right? being told he, wrestling isn't real again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's not all. Do you know what? I disagree. This is what I reckon it is. All right, I think Steve Weeby's a nice guy. He says, "Listen, I just wanted to beat a score. I got no problem with the man. I have my own life." And then Billy Mitchell, being a sociopath, realizes he looks like a douche and go, "Hey, I respect him." I think that'll be it. Yep. I think that'll be it. I think Billy Mitchell's still in a room trying to plot old ladies with videotapes of high scores and trying to appear with fireworks behind him when he gets his high score back. Because he's a planner, right? Yeah. Because obviously they're all they're all on the spectrum somewhere because they they can they can hyper focus on that. Mm. I think that says more about me and you as well. That statement <laughs> that we can hyper focus on a video game. They apologize. Twin Galaxy apologizes to Steve Wiebe because mm. they know they've they've been shabby towards this man. And fair play to Walter Day, right? He stands up and he's like, "Listen, I'm sorry." And then Steve Wiebe reads out a letter that Walter Day sends him and says, "We're sorry for any disrespect." Because when they were trying to get Billy to come along to the last competition, uh, he'll go, "You need to be here. You need to compete." He goes, "I got 15 reasons why I can't do that." <laughs> Doesn't give hey, reasons. that's all BS. It's just like the office. Yeah. I'll give you three reasons and then another two if you need them. <laughs> so what you, what you get, so that is the end of it. Weeby gets his uh, gets his record, which is deserved. I respect him for it. He did. He got a hundred and four. Uh, sorry, he got one million forty nine thousand one hundred points. I've seen a uh, retro arcade gaming board where you get the board to plug into your TV. And it's got like all the old arcade games on. Which I'm very tempted right. to get. It's got... You get my Amazon for about twenty five. No, I had Phoenix for ages. It was great. Oh, well, it was I, I might get game. sent one of those then because I want the old X Men game and I want the Simpsons game. Oh, okay, well you get. Um, I, I also had an Atari joystick that plugged into your telly that had about nine Atari games on it. That's pretty cool. Oh, well worth it. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I broke it. I played it that much. It was. Yeah, this that stuff's very addictive. Yeah. 
I, when lockdown happened, I got my Xbox out of the loft and I started to play again. And then I've I've unplugged it and walked away because I either do a podcast or I play video games. Oh, shit. It's one or the I, other. I forgot to finish the story from earlier. I went down a FIFA rabbit hole. So this friend who tells me to start playing Fortnite. So Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... So yeah, this friend who got us playing Fortnite, uh, we've also got our last plane as well, so we're having a laugh. Great that we've got a two-player game going, and, but I didn't realise how much she's playing it, and I'm free a lot, so she'll message me, do you fancy a few games? And that's like every day now. And I love having a crack on with her, and I, I'll happily play a computer game with anyone when I've got free time and stuff like that, right? So it's been yeah, great. Yeah. But we were talking about, say, what was it we were talking about? Right. And it's a really serious chat while the computer game's on the background. But then her, right. but then her brother. It just comes up. Someone called Thor's Hammer joins the party on our Thor's screen, Hammer. which is her brother-in-law. So we're in the middle of this like quite emotional chat, <laughs> and he just goes, "I got a Geld assault rifle yesterday." Just <laughs> 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 a juxtaposition cracked me up. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to get into Fortnite because I've got a reasonably addictive personality. Um, it's the same reason I had to stay away from Candy Crush. Stuff like that will destroy me. I've got no self-control. Yeah, same here. I, I would just throw myself into it. So the yeah, the final of the 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 end of the film, basically they, they wrap it all up in quite a nice little bow. They they had that great music throughout the documentary. Yep. As the credits are rolling, no music. What was that all about? That didn't make any bloody self sense. Um so Walter Day. He's working on a new album and a new book, which, as this was filmed in, what, 2007, that should be out by now. Robert McKerzek, after they gave Steve Wiebe the world record, he resigned as the head ref. And I've been watching his videos on YouTube. That's a rabbit hole that I'm not going to walk away from. And then, sadly, they... You know, Billy Mitchell's still Billy Mitchell. Steve Wiebe's a, a teacher now. He's doing great. Again, on my YouTube feed now, I get loads of updates of Steve Wiebe does talks around the country and stuff. He's doing great. And the final slide of the credits. Did you watch that? Did you watch the credits? No, of course not. I like the surprise. The final credit was in love and memory of Doris Self, the Qubit, oh, and the videotape that's... delivery lady. She died in 2006. All right. And what score are you giving this one, Matt? I don't know why I never think of the scores. <laughs> you always surprise. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. We've got to rate it. Um, I'm going to give this one three. See, I'm going 3.5. And it's not good enough for a four, but it's a very entertaining story in parts. And you get to see some dafties. Yeah, very entertaining. And check it out. It's on the YouTube. It's free. And it is, it's good fun, right? Yeah, it is a funny documentary. Yeah, they make a good documentary. It's uh, well worth watching. That's, have you got anything more to say on King of Kong? Uh, no. So, as I promised, I'm going to do the. I'm going to give you a rundown of the scores. So this is in reverse order, obviously. A Grey State four, Kate Nash four point five, The Imposter four point five, Chicken People hey, five, Dungeon Masters six, Minimalism six. That deserved more. An Honest Liar six, Soaked in Bleach seven. The four-year plan, seven. The battered bastards of baseball, seven and a half. That was robbed by Rick. Uh, Where to invade next, seven and a half. Welcome to Leaf, eight. Blackfish, nine. Grizzly Man, nine. 
Wrestling with Shadows 9 and Abducted in Plain Sight 9 and Team Foxcatcher 9. There's a lot of nines there. Yeah, there's a few scores from when Matt appreciated what a five meant. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little generous with some of the five, but I stand by all my scores, actually, looking back at those. Yeah, so check out all our old episodes if you haven't seen them. Click the subscribe button and we will see you next week. And the one we're doing next week is... What is it, Rick? Uh, you've got Fire is Festival, it? Western Memphis is another one. That's it. It's the Fire Festival, the the greatest party that never happened. So I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Take it easy.